What we're witnessing right now is just the logical continuation, is it, of that sort of automation? I, I think it is a logical continuation. But, you know, as humans, we're often surprised about things. I mean, one of the things, uh, it's not a surprise when we see things that are physical work uh, in a factory, in a warehouse, um, you know, being uh, automated. Um, now, interestingly, as we talked about in the first half of the show, parts of the service economy are increasingly uh, subject to automation as well. And so I think um, whether it's in hospitality, uh, food service, a number of other service-oriented occupations, we're starting to see machines also start to do some of those activities. Kate O'Neill, we heard about the Industrial Revolution and millions of agricultural jobs migrating into industry um, then. Uh, what lessons do you think have been learned from the past? I think we've seen time and again that humans have devised new and clever ways to create value and invented new roles, new job roles for ourselves. I, I think we've always been able to to recognize the opportunity to create higher value and more meaning-centric roles. And I think even with the emergence of uh, intelligent automation, we have the opportunity to create repurposed and up-purposed or reskilled and upskilled jobs that include things like responding to cues that that suggest a need for human intervention or emotional or sensory cues, you know, recognizing a context and meaning in, in the interaction. And also, of course, recognizing bias and making sure that we have people who are um, making sure that that machines don't go off the rails and and take bias to scale. That is uh, that is the situation I think we're most trying to avoid. What we've seen continually uh, over the long view is that new jobs are created uh, in other parts of the economy when we lose others to automation, you know, through technological change. Uh, but what really matters uh, is who has roots into those good new jobs that are created, uh, and where we have a problem or where a problem starts to emerge uh, is where uh, you have one pool of workers uh, at the lower end of the labour market, those in, on lower wages, particularly. Uh, whose jobs are being displaced uh, and then good new jobs at the other end of the labour market that are highly skilled um, and they're highly paid being created but we don't have a bridge between uh, those uh, those workers being displaced uh, and a route into those good new jobs uh, and so I think that's where the government has a really important role to play uh, in making sure that if your job is at risk uh, through automation uh, that you have the opportunity to reskill uh, and to move into good, uh, good quality new work. And we're going to talk about skills and education in more detail a bit later but Hamoun, is there good and bad automation? Automation itself, AI and most technologies are value neutral. But the actual question is about the new kind of work being created. What type of skills does it require? And is the group you're talking about, in this case us humans, going to be able to cross that chasm? Humans, we generally have three types of skills. Head skills, heart skills, and hand skills. Hand skills, especially the predictable ones, and uh, McKinsey and their work shows this quite directly, are, are the ones most immediately having already started to be automated. Head skills, some of the thinking, problem-solving, computational skills, are the ones we're increasingly seeing also automated. And so I think there is a question of to what extent could humans actually cross some of these skill chasms? And even if we can, the, in the new world, how many people are going to be required? Will it be the tens of millions that are being impacted required to do the new work, or will it be 10% or 5% of that? 
I, I do want to bring up another piece of history, uh, which is, you know, actually from the UK. Uh, you know, we make fun of the Luddites, these people who, uh, you know, complained about, you know, some automation in the textile industry as being people who tried to hold back, uh, you know, technology's progress. And undoubtedly that that automation did increase productivity. But the other thing that happened, actually, uh, economic historians called it Engels' pause. In fact, labor rates were depressed during that time. Uh, and so again, depending on whether or not workers actually benefit from the productivity that increases as, as a result of automation, that's a that's a set of decisions that will be made. It's not necessarily a law of physics. And so I think that's one of the things that we need to figure out going forward uh, to make sure as we implement these technologies that increase productivity, uh, that actually workers uh, do benefit from it. I think another thing is you, you, you've mentioned a couple of times the, the shift of ATMs and there was this kind of um, story about ATMs uh, since the introduction in the U.S. that human bank teller employment actually grew steadily uh, by, I think it was something like 2% each year after the introduction. So the composition and scope of tasks that comprise the work a human teller did before and after ATMs certainly changed, but the need for the human remains. And that, I think, is not a guarantee that there wouldn't be, won't be dramatic shakeups uh, in some